mantra is sharing releases shame. This week we are in a new location. We are in Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> we are in Forsyth County. What is the name of this city again? No, Gainesville. Is it Gainesville though? We're in Gainesville. Are we? Yeah. Near Lake Lanier. So we thought we'd do... Because I thought we went to Gainesville. Yeah, like we're in like... Just outside South of Gainesville. Yeah, just outside of Gainesville. Let me tell you, it's pretty thick here. <laughs> Let me tell you, the accents right. are very, very, very strong. We're here for our wedding. And um, so we're going to talk about the history of Lake Lanier because it is a colorful and racist history that I didn't know about. But since we're here, that's what we're going to get into. So let's get into it. We went to a wedding, a friend of mine's wedding. Well, we were in um, our home ward together when each of us were married. And that was years ago, 10 plus years ago. We since have both gone through divorces. And so then we like kind of got to know each other better. We became friends when we were in the single adult uh, group. And so we we hung out. So (laughs) he got married and we got to come to that, which is really cool. And it was it was cute and fun, and they did a whole Renaissance theme. There you go. I was about to, to say you're skipping the whole thing that it it was Renaissance theme, and yeah. some dude is wearing the same shirt as me. That's that is true. And a dress. <laughs> it was a kilt. So, so we got to dress up a little bit uh, for Renaissance, the Renaissance theme, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. So we are doing the podcast from a hotel room. So if there are strange noises or other things yeah, it's, it's because a, it's haunted no <laughs> this whole area is yeah passionately haunted yeah so um but yeah other than that like my week was pretty good i did watch the mormon no more mm. um show which just came out i believe on wednesday what is that it's about two um lesbian women who oh, okay. leave the church I didn't know the and name of it. Yeah. um and they were both married previously to men and had children each of them and, and were, were like, raised ah. in the ch- well one of them was raised in church one of them um converted when she was like 16 so it's actually really good if you haven't had a chance to watch it it's on i believe is it on hulu or netflix i believe it's on hulu it's called mormon no more but i think it gives a really good real life look at what it's like to be in the LGBTQ community and still have family members that are in the church and what it's like to find out that you're you're a lesbian or you're gay um you know as a member because there's not this is like a whole other episode but there's really no place there's no healthy happy ending for people who are LGBTQ in the Mormon church you know if you want to be a practicing Mormon that goes to the temple you can't have a relationship with somebody of the same sex and be an active practicing Mormon. So that's super sad. But you sad. can be an active practicing Mormon so long as you don't do You it. don't do anything? Even though you feel like yes. getting... Uh... Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, how would you expect somebody to do that? Oh, so you have to be celibate and you have to be single the rest of your life. Right. You know, you can you be can gay, never... but don't do anything gay. Yeah. Um, or you can be gay and marry somebody... Of the opposite sex, even though that is not who you are. Right. Like those are kind of like your two options. 
You can just pretend <laughs> so, and go to heaven. But it's super good. Or so you can do I do what wa- you want and go to hell. <laughs> I Free will. That this Free week. Will. Anything exciting and new happened with you this past week? Besides this trip, obviously. Right, this trip. I've been looking forward to this for months. It's It's been a little vacation. Yes, it has. Right? Just the music stuff. I got uh, my mobile unit going, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that's been exciting for me. I'm trying to figure out how long a battery lasts. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's not exciting. <laughs> so, right. Let's talk about it. You have been dealing with your taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Adulting. Yeah, so if we have any, like... Uh, CPAs out there want to donate some <laughs> time out. to the Toby Foundation. <laughs> so Lake Lanier, the on the official. So I looked at the like the official it was history. Nice. It it's beautiful. I mean, right? and I was I just couldn't help but to look at it and just see like, you know how you like they have those paintings where you can see the bottom of the ocean and uh-huh. everything, just being like, <laughs> like arms the whole city. and people just like. Eh. <laughs> the official LakeLanier.com history uh-huh. <laughs> right i figured i would go there just to see what like everybody who's not looking deeper into it might know about lake lanier right. so it's pretty whitewashed um so lake lanier is the largest lake in georgia and um they have nearly 700 miles of shoreline spread over thirty-eight thousand acres so i got this information from their website right the lake right. website buford dam was built to create lake lanier and the ground for Buford Dam was broken on March 1st, 1950 and was completed um, in 1957. So the completion of the Buford Dam turned the areas Chattahoochee mm-hmm. and Chestati rivers. That's why we're at a motel because the hotel everything. <laughs> in, into Lake Lanier. And it's to, you know, help the help with several things it right. has nothing to do with ethnic cleansing <laughs> no and yeah this is just about like yes and this is how we brought life to the area yeah, and aren't we great economy so... <laughs> and boats and rich right. people yay yeah. february 1st 1956 one month short of the six years after the groundbreaking the dam was closed for the first time it took two and a half more years for the lake to form fully and on august 1st 1958 the lake reached 1,067.77 feet, which is considered full pool, the full, uh, I guess, like limit of water at the time. As the lake filled, it was, um, it covered a lot of the trees, right, to a certain level, but then there were tree tops that they had to come in and cut off because they're obviously a hazard to boats and things, right? right. Because they this is a man-made lake. Like before it was full, they had to cut the trees? And well, like- as, you know, it came to a certain level, but then the trees were still super right. tall, so they had to come in and cut the tops off of the wow. trees so that, you know, they weren't a hazard. So the lake is named for a poet and Confederate Army veteran, Sidney Lanier. So that's fun, right? He's a Confederate Army veteran. Yay, uh, let's celebrate yay. him. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers built the the lake. Um, it was created to, this is the official reason, <laughs> it was created to manage navigation and flood control from the Chattahoochee River. So the water, you know, could also be a, a water supply for Atlanta as well. Um, so the truth about Lake Lanier. So there was a city. The for real. If you don't know this already, there's a city at the bottom of Lake Lanier. A full city. Now, they they say, they claim, as I, you know, 
dug deeper into the history that they removed anything that might have been a hazard, right? Like, uh, like, like any cars. wood that could have floated. Well, no, no only stuff that could float up, right? Like huh. wood or anything that would float. If it was concrete or anything that like wouldn't float, they I think they left it. But oh, wow. like barns and you know, I think there was a like some sort of race car arena or something and they removed the wooden uh, stands that were there you know stuff like that but everything else they left so yeah there's cars there's buildings down there there's um a cemetery (laughs) like they say that they moved you know the 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 bodies (laughs) that they knew about but but that they didn't know about everybody so there are unmarked graves down there you know still there so it's kind of weird right when you Mm -hmm. think about it how much has that happened where just a random body parts have floated or i don't know i don't know do skeletons (laughs) float yeah don't they i don't know i've never they're porous i feel like they would float i don't know though that's a good question you should google it So the the town, one of the towns that was under what is now Lake Lanier um, was destroyed on purpose, basically, because these were black communities. And one of the towns was called Oscarville, Georgia. It's no longer on (laughs) the map because it's under it's under Lake Lanier. Lanier. Lenore. Um, so I found this on the this information I'm about to go over on the GainesvilleTimes.com website. So just before 1912, there were ne- nearly 1,100 black residents in Forsyth County. You know how many there are today? No, I don't know how many there are today. But over the decades after like 1950, there was zero. There was like zero. Um, so 58 of those residents um those black residents were landowners. And according to the digital library of Georgia, 109 black residents paid the farm tax, meaning they rented or owned farms in that area. So other black residents worked in coming, which wasn't far. I know you were going to say something about the name of that city. No, are you going to say it? Go ahead. Make a joke coming. You don't have one. Okay. I'm sure one will come up later. All right. So I, I was trying to look for, like, but I was like, you know, has anything ever popped up on Lake Lanier? Like, you know, have any bodies found? And oh. First one pulled up, drowned 61-year-old man pulled from Lake Lanier. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, people die and, and they don't find them. He was bathing near the dock. Oh, that's weird. Right? Like bathing in a lake? Oh, the part about the bathing freaks you out. Not <laughs> oh. the part that he was just bathing near the lake and then all of a sudden he no, no, died. No. <laughs> Made bathing near the dock in the lake, and then yeah, I mean, and then he drowned in the lake after bathing. How do you drown? And I don't know. Why do you bathe in a lake? <laughs> then you're like, more importantly, <laughs> like, why are you bathing in the lake? You're supposed to bathe after you get out of the lake because it's <laughs> freaking gross. So a local newspaper archived by um, the Georgia Newspaper Project showed that many black children attended a publicly funded school in Oscarville. Um, a 1908 Georgia school census shows that 316 children of color were, were enrolled in school were. in Forsyth County. So for 1908, that's um, a significant number. You know, this was a black community. Um, so I got a lot of the 
following information from Wikipedia because it's the most comprehensive and chronological like information, wow. right? Like this happened and then this happened and you know, so um, that's why I'm using a lot of information from Wikipedia. But so there were two incidences that most historical scholars believe um, contributed to the reason why there's no Oscarville anymore. You know, mm -hmm. the reason why they felt justified, the powers that be maybe felt justified in making a lake where this thriving black community used to be. Um, so there were two incidences. Uh, the first was on the night of September 5th, 1912. So Ellen Grice, a 22-year-old white woman and wife of a highly respected farmer, alleged that Tony Howell and his associate Isaiah Perkle, there were two black men, attempted to rape her, but were surprised and frightened when her mother like suddenly came into the room or something. That was her, her take on the story, right? So within days, so the truth was she was having an affair. The the sheriff William Reed detained these two black men in addition to um, suspects Fate Chester, Johnny Bates, and Joe. Rogers. All five men were placed in this small Forsyth County jail located near Cumming. <laughs> Cumming. Enter Grant Smith, a black preacher at a local um, Cumming church, was heard uh, at a, like a local gathering, a barbecue, to say like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe the woman lied and she was actually having an affair oh, with this man. I called it. Uh, <laughs> right yeah and this rumor the fact that this preacher said this kind of got around town and the white people did not like, like oh, that hell, innuendo no. Mm -mm. no so a group of white people beat him in front of the courthouse and the sheriff evidently came out put him in a jail cell locked him up the 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 preacher uh, to save his life, basically, so that the mob couldn't get to him because that's how pissed they were that he had said wow. he had made a suggestion that maybe it was a consens consensual sexual act, right? right? Maybe she... Maybe they love each other. Yeah, maybe she <laughs> was getting it from this guy, you know? And no, nobody liked that. No one was ever arrested or tried for assault on hmm. the black preacher. Um, so just days after this incident, on September 9th, 1912, a woman, well, young, a girl, she was 18. Her name was Sleety May Crow. Um, she was, she was a, Sleety. <laughs> God. <laughs> a white girl, eight, 18 years old, was allegedly attacked in the afternoon by Ernest Knox, and he was 16. She was apparently, according you know to stories, was walking home from her aunt's house and <clears throat> Knox attacked her from behind and dragged her down a gully into the woods and she was fighting and resisting. Then he uh, raped her and struck her at least three times in the head with a large stone crushing her skull. Um, this young girl, Sleety May, her death has never been solved. But after Knox allegedly told three of his friends um, what he had done and they all went down to see for themselves. So this is like, this is all alleged, right? <laughs> they went down to see for themselves. So his friends that he told were Oscar Daniel, who was 17, Oscar's sister, Tressie, 
who was 22, and Big Rob, who was 24. So they discussed disposing of Crow's body um, in the river, but I guess they decided it was too risky, and they just left her there. Um, Like I said, these allegations were never proven. So the alleged confession, right, because he, this young man, allegedly... Confessed to this crime. Never confessed. But <laughs> Never af- back then. after he was put under duress, they um, they apparently, you know, received his confession um, after, like, threatening to drown him in a well and um, mock hmm. lynch him, I think, was the other thing. Like, they pretended like they were going to lynch him or they, like, put a noose around his head. You know, they called it a mock lynching. So I guess they went through all of the steps but didn't actually kill him. So that's how they got his confession, reportedly. Confession, we're going to do it. The next morning, searchers found um, May at 9 a.m. She was half naked, covered with leaves, lying face down in a pool of blood, and she was barely alive. At the scene of the rape, searchers found a small pocket mirror that allegedly belonged to Ernest Knox. Police arrested him and took him to the Gainesville um, County Jail because there was already turmoil about the other rape. They um, they had to be careful, right? Because they were trying to avoid this uh, mob because that's two alleged rapes in like just a few days. And it's a bunch of white people in 1900. So in the early 1900s, so it's like a powder keg right. ready to go off. So he, they, they forced this confession from this 16-year-old boy. Mm. And I just, you know, like 16 years old, it just, it breaks my heart. 16 years old, definitely uneducated. Uh-huh. No, I mean, when you're talking about the law and... Right. And his rights. Promises and your rights. And if you say this and do that, all the coercion that was going on or had to have been going on. Right. That still goes on today. Right. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He had no chance. It's not like he had a lawyer or anyone Mm -hmm. to advocate for him. So when the word spread of the attack um, on this young lady, a white lynch mob became uh, began to form and they went to the jail. That afternoon at midnight, police officers took Knox by car to Atlanta to prevent a lynching. So later that day, the lynch mob of about it's estimated to be about um, maybe several hundred to four thousand. That's like quite a leap, right? Right. Several hundred to four thousand. Yeah, it might have been a couple hundred. But Back then, like they didn't know no numbers 000. real good. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was a bunch of people when the whole street was there. There was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there was at least enough people to form a mob. A mob of whites attacked the county jail. Some men gained entry and shot and killed Edwards in his cell. This 16-year-old boy. So he never had a trial or due process or anything. Oh, this is after they moved him to Atlanta? Yeah. Then they dragged his body through the streets. Um, some reports say that they took turns shooting him af- and after they hung him. They hung him from a telephone pole um, in the town square. It wasn't even that bad for, like... Stalin and all of them when they got like I just right like drug out and torture I mean they got yeah like just the the extra right it's so so violent like why what what, where does this 
hatred and violence come from? Right. I don't know. It's it's a sick. It's like a sickening hate. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I'm gonna. I hate you so much that I'm gonna dismember you. I'm gonna shoot you so many times that you're so many pieces. Right. You know, just just like. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I've th- never like wanted that to like kind of intensity. kill somebody yeah. so much. Right. Like, after, like so after you're already dead, I like I want to kill you and then keep, keep killing you. Yeah. And like you know, just like you can feel it. Like after every, oh, we're just gonna keep on shooting you and shooting you and shooting right? you and you know I'm like 16 years old though, right? You know right. what I mean? Like he's a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just sickening. It's it makes me sick. Allegedly, he told some of his other fr- family and friends, right? Um, Trusty agreed to a plea bargain uh, for testifying against her brother, right? And I'm sure that well, that went straight. I would. He's dead already, <laughs> right? Like she's trying to save her own skin. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame her. So um, they stood trial, and each of the the youths was quickly convicted of rape and murder by an all white jury, of course, obviously. Um, the two teenagers were sentenced to death by hanging, um, scheduled for October 25th. But at this time, the state law prohibited public hangings. So they had built the gallows and they built a fence around it. But guess what? The night before, <laughs> the townspeople burnt it down. So when it came time for the morning to do the hanging, there was an estimated like 8,000 people present. Or something to see these two teenagers or these two young adults wow. hung. Yay! Right? <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's there's a public be hanging hanging. Let's ever go. Let's everybody go. What are Let's you doing? Let's go. And then we can, you know, grab a bite to eat afterwards. It's just right? so weird. Oh, God. Okay. So, um, in the following months, a small group of men called the Night Riders, not to be confused with David <laughs> I, I was right. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and his amazing car, <laughs> Kit. Not to be confused with them. This is an, you know what? It just dawned on me. Like, why would they pick that name for a show, Knight Rider, when it's obviously based on a a racist group? Right. That's weird. They had to have known about that. Well, Do you think they would no have known about that in the eighties? Yeah, that's true. So, because yeah, there'd have to be like somebody be like, you know what? It's a black car, and he rides at night. Knight Rider. <laughs> And then somebody, like, do the research. Make sure nobody has that name already. Do the research. And this was buried. Nobody wanted, like, nobody wanted all of this information about Oscarville to come to light. And it was just recently, like in 2016, that somebody actually did research about the the cities, the little towns that are under Lake Lanier. And they wrote a book about it. So... For decades, they were able to hide this information, right? Right, yeah. You know, but then the internet the comes internet along. The internet came along, <laughs> fucked all that shit up. Now we got to start confessing. Right. Um, so in the following months, a small group of men called the Night Riders terrorized black citizens, um, warning them to leave um, or they would be killed. So those who resisted were subjected to further harassment, like... You know, killing their livestock and shooting Whoa, into their houses. They my goats. And they burned down a lot, um, some of the like the churches and mm-hmm. and things in their cities. They you know burned them down. So right. like you know people were under duress. They were under a lot of stress to get yeah, out of there. Yeah. Right, fear for their lives. What it was like that movie? What was it called? Well, get out. Yeah, <laughs> I never saw that. I haven't either. But that was, but, it was like. But get it out. seems like yeah. You're like uh, you know what? I'm gonna do that. 
But what rights do they have? It's not like the police are going to come and, and help them and, and protect them. Or the National them. Guard. Right? Right. Like, it just feels like when I watch old, like movies about the civil rights era and things like that, and even today, it just, I feel that sense of helplessness. Like, I have to watch out for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to come and save Absolutely. me. There's no magic thing here that, that is going to all of a sudden give me rights or make these people see me as another person, an equal, a person. Yeah. It just is. So it was even like that for women on a scale. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, not as bad, you know, they wouldn't lynch, but you know, you would get, you guys would get beaten for it. But you had to walk the care. You had to carefully walk the line. Right. And play the part. Or you'd get beaten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or, or something that was really super popular, too, was like sending your wife off to the mental institution. Oh, right. Yeah. Because oh, she man. was, oh, she's you. crazy. It's her uterus acting up. Right. <laughs> I got a couple of people. I'd be like, you know, this Shut is up. knocking futs, if you know what I mean, doctor. The racial expulsion or cleansing of Forsyth County was among the events explored in Banished American Ethnic Cleansing. And that aired on PBS in 2015. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's interesting. In 1920s and 30s, there was a forcing out of black people and a mass transferring of their land by, um, white people like, right. So like their land would be transferred to white people. Um, the racial over there. I like that. It's yours, Tommy. (laughs) I like that piece of land. The racial cleansing started with Oscarville, but it didn't stop there. Parts of the stolen land would be sold to the U S government because they're preparing, right. To Mm -hmm. make this Lake Lanier. If the government wants something, they'll find a way. Do you think that they're going to be stopped? I don't think so. I think if the government wants it, they will just come and take this. Lake had the potential to make millions and millions of dollars in 1950s, right? Right now, um, <laughs> it makes billions and billions of dollars right. in and, the years uh, So by 1950, the plan was that, you know, Lake Lanier would be in full effect. So soon the entire, entire town of Oscarville would be underwater, water, and you were either going to move out or you're going to get flooded, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. You ever read the Bible? Yeah, that's happening. Uh, so on... Um, you can build a boat. 11alive.com, there is a news article, and it had this little um, this little section about... Alive. Yeah, it's a news... It's a news channel. Um, oh, okay, I thought a it local was like news channel. back then. Like, there was 11 left? No. <laughs> like, damn. No. So it was a local news channel and it had a little section about was one person's personal experience and it says, quote, all of the Negro people had to leave, said Elon Osby, a descendant of black landowners in the county. Um, there was knocking on the door and they were told to get out. Osby's mother, Willie Mae Bagley, was just two years old when the family was forced to flee their home. Tax records show that Osby's grandparents, William and Ida Bagley, owned 60 acres wow. 60 acres you know how much that would be worth right now and some of them some of these families they paid and some of them they didn't they just took it because like they didn't want to leave they were just like well sorry you know oh, we're gonna seize one, your, one your land shit in the other yeah bye you know here here's two thousand dollars you know or oh you're not gonna get anything or because you, you're not you leaving take it right now or bye or you can take it in the ass right <laughs> Um, so there was little to no time to arrange a sale. $2,000, do you really think they were getting that much? Well, some of them say that they got a few thousand dollars, right? People who were willing to sell, but 
I mean, this was this was a lot of times land that had been in their their family yeah. for for generations, and all of a sudden, at and least this one is, generation. Well, at least, <laughs> and this is what they I knew. Mean, yeah, right. Like this is what they knew, and now you we have to move and find another place and another you know way to make a living. Like it's just crazy, and and the U.S. government is like, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, not sorry. Time and to then move. At that time finding another white community that's willing to accept. Oh yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Right. Because that's what it had to be. Like you couldn't just like move anywhere. Right. You had to like, if if they, if the town didn't want you or anything, they'd let you know. And in Georgia. Right. (laughs) I know. God. In Georgia, trying to find like an area that's a prosperous black town. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like a whole town having to move. Families were forced out. Um, During the five years it took to fill the lake, the U.S. government accumulated 50,000 acres of farmland. They displaced 250 families, though some people say it was more like 700 families, um, and 15 businesses. They also relocated 20 cemeteries in the process. And it's a fact that not all of the graves were relocated. So there are graves in Lake Lanier. There are dead bodies in the Watry grave. Lake Lanier is haunted. If you, <laughs> if you... It's got teal green water. If, nuclear. <laughs> if you Google search it, um, hauntings and deaths come up. Like, it's a common thing that happens even today. And People Georgians drowned. bathe in it. People drown. So it's gross. A lot in Lake Lanier. And there are a lot of boat boat accidents and just odd things that happen. And people say that it's because it's haunted. So um, since its creation in the mid-1950s, there have been nearly 700 deaths. Many which are like weird or unexplained or unsolved. And... We are. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. Yes. All of the hauntings. So a lot of people blame the hauntings on the lake, on the graves that were left behind. And other people believe that it's the spirits of the people who have died on the lake and whose bodies haven't been found. According to southerngothicmedia.com, there are numerous stories of boats capsizing after hitting something in the water, Um, but when the area is searched, they can't find anything or any reason why there should have been an accident. Others say that the occurrence of sudden dangerous rogue waves all of a sudden come out of nowhere and capsize the boat, and then they just disappear. Especially strange are the many tragic stories of drownings. They happen pretty often and usually in calm waters and calm conditions. A lot of times it happens to young people, like people and their teenagers or young adults that are strong swimmers, um, and they mysteriously drown for no apparent reason. Some reports say that um, people feel hands dragging them down into the water. That particular story seems to originate from a tragic accident that happened on Lake Lanier back in 1958. So again, according to southerngothicmedia.com, 
the story goes. In April of 1958, Delia Mae Parker Young was purportedly traveling with Susie Roberts to the Three Gables, a local roadhouse in Dawsonville, Georgia. Susie was driving her 1954 Ford across the Lanier Bridge when, for some unknown reason, she lost control of the car and crashed into the water. Divers entered the lake and searched the area. Nothing was ever discovered. The only physical evidence was a set of skid marks suggesting that the women's car went into the lake. A year later, in 1959, a fisherman discovered human remains of a woman wearing a blue dress that had floated to the surface of the lake. Further examination yielded no obvious cause of death, and the individual could not be positively identified, although the body was noted um, for missing both hands and several toes. Many assumed that these were the remains of either Delia or Susie, but at the time it was impossible to know for sure. So 31 years passed before Susie Roberts' 1954 Ford was finally found Um, On November of 1990, the lake bed was dredged in preparation to set the foundation for a new bridge. And unexpectedly, the shell of a rusted out car was discovered with human remains still inside. Susie Roberts was able to be identified. um, And in the light of this discovery, it was decided that the young woman that was found decades before in the blue dress was Delia Mae Parker Young. For three decades, Susie Roberts was trapped in her car hidden under 90 plus feet of water, having come to a rest on a steep slope, stuck within the trees and the mud that was on the bottom of the lake. People have said over the years that they had seen the Lady of the Lake, which was what they had called this spirit that was um, haunting the lake. The ghost of a young woman in a blue dress would reportedly um, walk up and down the length of Lanier Bridge. According to those who'd seen her, she was missing both of her hands. That is the most popular um, ghost story on Lake Lanier. Because Lake Lanier is nearly 200 feet deep in some places, it makes searching for bodies pretty difficult. But a well-known diver named Buck Buchanan, who has gone on multiple dives in Lake Lanier, claims that he has reached out in the dark and felt an arm or a leg that doesn't move. There was a story of two fishermen who who saw a man traveling across the water using a pole. The water was so deep that they weren't in an area that they could use a pole to travel across the water. As they watched the this man coming towards them, they began to get nervous. Some people have speculated that these are spirits that once traveled the rivers that were there um, in this area. Their spirits are still traveling the waters. I was pretty surprised that there weren't A lot more ghost stories, considering how much everyone believes that Lake Lanier is haunted. So those were the two, um, I guess, most famous ones that I found. I really didn't find a whole lot. There is a seasonal 
ghost tour that goes out on the lake on a boat that might be pretty interesting to attend so but I think it's only in October all right so that's it for us thanks so much for hanging out and joining us in Georgia Georgia <laughs> at Georgia. Lake Lanier um, and you know just exploring the history of a place that we're at what did you think of Georgia like, what it's, do you think of this area? This is kind of our first time being here. Yeah, I mean, like, like you were, we were talking earlier, and it's very similar to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, it is. It looks Besides very the similar. Accents, <laughs> that's the only thing. We went to two vineyards while we were here. One was a smaller one, and um, they didn't have a lot of sweet wines like Toby likes. No, they did not. <laughs> They were like, "Oh, we don't know how to help you." But it was, it was nice. It was cute. They had like chairs. There was a group of like older people that were having like a name that tune, you yeah. know, amongst their friends. Right. <laughs> Cloudland. Cloudland Vineyard. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was. It was a nice little. And then we chill. went and checked out Chateau Villa. No, Chateau V. We didn't have shit for you, but it wasn't like you know. Oh, let's go up and like, get a bottle of wine and have this table. Oh yeah, everything was closed. It was but like, we went and walked around. It's like going it's to a, resort. a botanical garden resort that you weren't invited to. <laughs> <laughs> we parked and they had a lot of seating outside, right? Yes. That overlooked the vineyards. They had a little um, a fountain, but they had a, a hammock that we sat in, which was nice. Yeah, it was a nice super. Yeah, nice we hammock. weren't like we're gonna go back later on tonight. <laughs> Pick that shit up, put it in the videos. (laughs) So, yeah, we did a little exploring. So, Georgia has treated us nice. Thank you, Georgia. We appreciate it. it. And actually, actually, we are headed to Las Vegas. Oh, yes, we are. In August, the first week. Everybody's evil. August. (laughs) We don't have nothing to worry about. So, we're excited. We've got a couple of things lined up. Um, But if you have any suggestions, you know, of what we should see, we're going to. We're going to go, it's going to be um, you and I, and it's going to be my recently stepped away from the church sister and her husband, and we're going to go to Vegas together. So, so if you have any sins that you want us to if you have the city any of sin, must let us know. See. Must sin. Must see sins. <laughs> yes. Let us know. Uh, drop us an email or drop us a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And let us know what your suggestions are. Because, yeah, we're headed out there in you August. vicariously through us. Yeah. And we'll, we'll check it out. And then we'll return and report. And if you're a TBM, you know what that's from. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, have a good week. And we'll talk to, at you later. Later. Bye-bye, Anara.